0: Have you ever asked yourself, what's God's mission? Often we hear people ask things like, what's the meaning of life? Or or what's the purpose of this? Those are questions that many people search for an answer to. And they may not find that answer or they may not like the answers that they find. But we can know the answer to the question, what is God's mission? And by knowing that answer, it reveals to us what is our mission. We can know the mission of God. As we look in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 12, there comes a day in which Jesus is moving in and out of Jerusalem. And as He's moving in and out of Jerusalem, there are some Pharisees who believe in Him, but they refuse to follow Him because they're afraid of what the other Pharisees are going to say and do. And so Jesus speaks to them. And as He does, He reveals the mission of God. Notice what Jesus says, John chapter 12, beginning in verse 44. Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my sayings and does not receive or does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me does not reject or who rejects me, does not receive my saints, as one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him on the last day. For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father Himself, who sent me, has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. I know that His commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Jesus came with a purpose. Consider the significance of these statements. When Jesus says in verse 46, I have come into the world. And then he says again in verse 47, I did not come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world. He again says, I have come into the world. I have come as a light into the world. Verse 46. Jesus left the glories, the purities, the perfection of heaven to come into a world of darkness, to come into a world of sin. And he left all of those sayings in heaven. The majesty. The awesomeness. And he left it all to come into a world of darkness. To come in among people who had forgotten him. Who had turned their backs on him. And no longer knew him. And yet He loved us enough that He was willing to come into this world, Jesus says, so I can be a light. So that I can save the world. And we all acknowledge and understand that Jesus came to die for our sins. But as we look at John chapter 12, Jesus says there's much more to my mission, Jesus says, than dying for sin." Jesus says, whoever believes in me doesn't believe in me, but in the one who sent me. Jesus says, whoever sees me sees the one who sent me. He says, I have come as a light into the world. And then he says the purpose. So that whoever hears my sayings and who believes in me will not remain in darkness. Jesus came to offer a contrast with darkness of the world. He came to show His glory and to show the glory and the goodness of the Father so that people could choose not to remain in darkness but to follow Jesus to follow the Father in light. He he said, I came into the world so that you could know who God is. So that you could know what God is like. So that you could make a choice of saying, I want to leave the darkness behind and I want to be like God. I want to follow God. And to be reconciled to God. And that was His mission. And this had been God's mission. This had been His plan from the time before He formed the earth and the world. Notice what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4, speaking of Jesus and speaking of God, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. It was God's plan before He made you and I, before He made you and me. It was God's plan before He said, let there be light. That he said, Let there be love. And God knew that he was going to create us with the ability to choose our behavior and to choose our actions. And he knew that along the way we were going to sin. He knew that we were going to blow it. He knew that we were going to foul it up. He knew that we were going to make mistakes. He knew that we were going to have sin in our life and that the world was going to be full of darkness. And he knew that before he made the world that he would have a plan so that we could be reconciled to him. So that we could know his qualities. So that we could make a choice to follow him. And that plan was that he would send his son on our behalf and carry the debt of our sins. And that we could follow Him. And we could pattern our lives after Jesus. And that was God's plan before He even created the world. And so God sent angels to communicate with men. God has sent prophets to talk with men. But ultimately He sent His Son. Only the Son could explain the Father. And revealed the depth of God's love for you and for me. And so God loved you and me. We are His creation. And He loves us to the point that even before we had sin in our lives, He had a plan to offer us purity and escape and forgiveness from that sin through the death of His Son on the cross to cover the debt of our sin. And Jesus explains the Father's love for you and for me because Jesus was willing to come into this world and die on that cross and to be that payment to cover the debt of our sin. That's how we can know the love of the Father because we see the love of the Son and He explains the love of the Father by His own action. And so if this was God's mission, as those whom He has now saved, is it our mission? Consider the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 10, as Jesus is ministering to the needs of others, as He is seeking the lost, again we see a crowd of people who disapprove of the fact that Jesus is ministering to those And notice how Jesus responds. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 10. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many of the tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and His disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to His disciples, Why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, He said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus rebukes those who were wanting to rebuke Him for eating with sinners and tax collectors. By saying, this is what God wants, this is what God is. God wants you to have compassion. Not so much to allow those things to continue, but to reach out to those folks who are struggling with sin, to have compassion for them, to call them to repentance. And Jesus says, this is what I came to do. Not to call the righteous, but sinners. And he seems to be implying to those leaders of the Jewish religious community, this is what you ought to be doing. And so we see this principle as our mission as God's people. Think about the way that Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 describes his own motivation for his own ministry. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16, notice what Paul says. And again, I believe he's talking about his own ministry and his own mission. He says, verse 16, Therefore, from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we have known Him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, And He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Paul says, guys, let me explain to you my motivation for ministry. We don't know people according to the flesh anymore. He said, we knew Jesus in the flesh because Jesus came and He dwelt among us in the flesh. And so we know Jesus in the flesh, but we know Him now spiritually. And we look at one another no longer in the flesh, in the sins that we have in the flesh, but we look at each other as new creatures. And the reason we're able to do that, Paul says, is because God has reconciled us, brought us back into a right relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And by being in Christ, you can be that new creature. And Paul says, I know that message. And because I know that message, God has made me, Paul says, an ambassador for Christ. And then he says, as though God were using us to confess and to proclaim that message. As though God, verse 20... We're making an appeal through us. God is using us, His church, His disciples, as those through whom He is making this appeal for others to come to that reconciliation. Think about this. If we are disciples of Christ, we are patterning our life after Jesus, if that's what we're trying to do, and that was Jesus' mission, should that not also be our mission? And in fact, as Jesus said in John chapter 12, I have come as a light in the world, that's exactly what Jesus wants His disciples to do. Look in Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is giving His Sermon on the Mount. He is speaking to people who want to be His disciples and He's telling them in the Sermon on the Mount to count the cost of what it is to be a disciple of Christ. But notice what He says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, the scripture that Jack read for us earlier. He says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus expects us as His disciples to be that light. He expects us to be that shining city on a hill so that people all around can look at us and see God and glorify God because of the good works that we are doing. Just as Jesus said in John chapter 12, and 40, verse 46, I have come as a light in the world. He now tells us as His disciples, I want you to be that light. His mission. Is our mission. And so think about our mission as the church today. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus says, Go therefore into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have taught you. And so, as Christians, as disciples, as his church, this is our mission. And so think about the church or the mission of the Benbrook Church of Christ. This is our mission. Binbrook covers a little over 12 square miles. There are 21,000 people that live in Benbrook. There are 10,000 housing units in Benbrook. Benbrook covers part of four different zip codes in Tarrant County. But where are the churches of Christ? There is no presence here. We are the presence in Benbrook. And this is our task. As we think about Benbrook and we think about those who live down... Highway 377, as we think about those who are going to be moving in as development occurs along the new Trism Trism Trail Parkway, this is our mission. To reach those who are moving here, to reach those who live here with the gospel. And this is our task. We are planting this church today because we want to share the message of God's love with the lost in this community in Binbrook, On 377, as you move southward, on the east side and on the west side. We are planting this church today because we want to answer the Father's call to serve His mission of taking a message of hope into a dark world. We are planting this church today because we want to be that shining city of light. We want to let our light shine so that those who see our good works will glorify our Father. We are planting this church today because Jesus commands that we make disciples who will observe what He has taught. And we want to encourage one another to grow spiritually, to move closer to our Heavenly Father. This is our mission. But what is your mission? We are not planting a building or a facility but a church that belongs to Christ. And as His church, we have a responsibility to grow and serve and to have a part of that. You have heard me preach from Ephesians chapter 4, but it's so fundamental to who we are as a church. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about different roles of leadership that God has given in the church. And then in verse 13, he says, He's given these roles because... So that in verse 12, For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to a measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. As a church... As individuals of the church, we all need to be equipped to do works of service. We all need to grow in knowledge and spiritual maturity. We all have a proper part in the church, a proper work into the building up of the body. That is the church. So that the church will grow and mature until we all attain to that unity of faith. Until we all attain to a mature knowledge. So that we all grow into that head who is Christ and be that body of Christ. As we work together, we may all work differently, but we all need to develop and mature. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about, as we plant this church, what do we need? Three words come to mind. Serve, worship, grow as you think about the brinbrook church of christ think about this idea of serve worship and grow when we think about what paul says in in titus chapter 2 and verse 14 he tells us that god wants us jesus wants us as his church to be doing good deeds and so he says in titus chapter 2 and verse 14 speaking of jesus he says who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Jesus wants his church to be active. Jesus wants his church to be doing good deeds. Jesus wants his church to be serving And so in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, the Hebrew writer gives us three exhortations, but the third one of those is in Hebrews 10 verse 24, and he says, Let us consider how to stimulate, how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. When was the last time you sat in a worship service or in a worship assembly somewhere, and you felt like someone was provoking you to love and good deeds? As a church, we need to be provoking each other, stimulating one another to love and good deeds. My hope for this church is that we will take the opportunity to serve. As we move into the month of June, we have Memorial Day next week, then we have another week in May. But my hope is that as we look at June, we will begin thinking about using one Sunday night a month or maybe two Sunday nights a month to, as a church, serve. Maybe we help at a homeless shelter. Maybe we go and we provide food somewhere. Maybe we serve in the community. Maybe we serve someone in the church who has a need. Jay has about a gazillion trees down in his yard because of all the wind for the last two weeks. He would love for us to come and serve and cut those things up. We can serve the community. We can serve one another. But let's find some time to serve. And my hope for you is that you will give us some suggestions of ways that we can serve. And once or twice a month on Sunday nights, we spend our time serving. Because as a church, we need to be doing that. That's what God wants us to be doing. We want to be a family of Christians that is living Christianity. This summer I hope that we'll have an opportunity to do a VBS and an apartment complex. Do a one day vacation Bible school. That helps us reach out to the community but it also helps us serve. And there will be opportunities for us to serve. Serve. Worship. Think about what the psalmist says. In Psalms 95, he speaks to us about the nature of worship. And it guides us in our worship. Psalm 95, verse 1, the psalmist says, O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. We gather together and we worship with joy and thankfulness because we think about it and we acknowledge the salvation we have because of God. But then notice what the psalmist says in verses 6 and 7. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God. We are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. We can study and worship together with humility as we acknowledge God's greatness. Worship has both of those elements. Joyful recognition of the gift of salvation but also the idea of humility and reverence because of the greatness of God. And we do both of those things together as the Benbrook Church of Christ. But then we serve, we worship, and we grow. Think again of what Paul says, Ephesians 4.13, Until all attain, until all of us attain a unity of faith, And of knowledge until we all find a part to to play in the church and we grow and we work and we serve together. All of us need to grow in our faith and in our knowledge and in our service. I believe that individually, as we serve and as we worship, that's when we grow. And when we all serve, and we all study, and we all worship, then we grow collectively because we're working together. We're touching lives outside the church. We're bringing folks into the church. And we're growing collectively, and we're growing as the Binbrook Church of Christ. Another part of our Sunday evenings that I hope that we will do as we move in toward the summer is to have devotionals. That is to say, when you come into our worship assembly on the nights that we're not doing service, that there'll be a devotional guide provided for you. And my hope is that leaders of families, whether that's dad, whether that's a husband, whether that's mom, whether that's an individual Christian at home, will use those devotionals to think about what we've discussed on Sunday morning, to pray about those things, to contemplate, how can I make this real? In my life. And by doing that, we will develop leaders in the church. There are other things that we might contemplate doing as we move and as we grow as a church. But we need to grow. Serve, worship, grow. Today we're planting a church. But I don't see us growing into a large, luxurious building. I see us growing... As the people of God. A church that is hungry for the mission of God. I want to see a church that hasn't lost its zeal for seeking the lost. And being a shining city of light on a hill. In five years, we're not so interested in the need to have a building. But we're talking about where to plant another church. In five years, we've grown to the point where we can begin contemplating funding fully a mission team on a foreign field somewhere. We are a church that has shepherds, men who have demonstrated through their compassion, their service, and their teaching that they know how to lead God's people. In ten years, the Benbrook Church of Christ is respected in our area as a church that is busy doing significant community outreach through multiple ministries and bursting at the seams not because we're gaining other members from other places but because we're reaching the lost and God is using us to accomplish His mission. In 25 years, we are a shining city of light, faithful to the Word, never having lust, lost our love of God, His mission, and the lost. The seed is being planted this morning, but the mission begins today. Be committed to being a part of this church. Serve, worship, grow, think about how you can serve. What are the talents that you currently have that will serve this body and God's mission? What are things that you can do to open the doors for building relationships with those who may be seeking God's light? You can have the influence that opens doors. What are your ideas for our Sunday night service projects that we can do together? Serve and worship. We are encouraged by everyone who is present here today. I think we counted 39 people here this morning. And so we're glad to have you here, but we want you to come back. We want you to be a part of this church. We need you to be a part of this church plant so that we can reach the lost. And we need Christian men who are willing to serve in leading songs, serve on the communion table, and pray. Serve Worship, grow Use our devotional guides Stretch your comfort zone Be in the word And be in prayer And grow as a Christian And be devoted to prayer Pray for this endeavor Ask God for His favor And His blessing As we plant this church Of the Benbrook Church of Christ Pray for me in my preaching and teaching. I know you've been praying already this morning for the preaching, right? Pray for me in my preaching and my teaching that I will say things that God wants me to say, that I will preach and teach the things that are consistent with the word of God. Pray that I will preach and teach in a way that inspires those that are here and equips you in your Christian lives. Pray for opportunities that we might be able to touch lives of those in the community and lead people who are seeking God so that they can know His word and make a decision that they want to be His disciple. Pray that we will make the right decisions as we grow as a church. God has a mission. And His mission is our mission. His mission is your mission. And if you're here this morning and you want to enter that mission by being united with Jesus in baptism, we have a swimming pool <laughs> that we can use. But we'd be happy to help you with that. If you want to be a part of this church, we'd love to have you do that as well. But whatever your need, if you have prayers that you would like the church to pray on your behalf, whatever your need, once you come? As together we stand and sing. And